0: Welcome to the OmniTalk Fast Five, sponsored by Takeoff, the a and Consumer and Retail Group, and for the month of June, Bright Sign. The OmniTalk Fast Five is the funniest, fastest, and most fervently insightful breakdown of all the week's top news in the world of retail, and also the podcast with the best alliteration. It is June 10th, 2021. I am your host, Ann Mazinga, taking the reins today for Chris, who is out this week, but lucky for our OmniTech listeners, I have a special guest who is much more refined and much more Canadian, Carl Boutet. Carl,
1: how are things going with you? I'm not sure I'm either of those things. than Chris, <laughs> more refined. I think Chris is more Canadian than I am, which is saying a lot because I consider myself pretty darn Canadian, but I consider you two also to be very Canadian. So that's, I don't know. Well, I th- And, the, I and think- the refined part, that's no, no. Now I know, like, this is all smoke and mirrors, but I'm wearing my, (laughs) I'm wearing my hoodie. Yes. I even, even, and I have my, 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 my baseball cap ready for, like, I'm trying to do my best Chris I can here. Dude, you've got
0: it. You've got it. I don't
1: know. Like, this is not, I'm not used to this. This this is a good look for you.
0: This is a good look for you, Carl. I like it. (laughs) Carl is a returning guest on our show. And I knew he'd be just the guy to fill the virtual seat across from me. Um, Carl. Our listeners remember having you on the show before, but you have some big news. You're back, back with big, big news. You have a new book out called The Great Acceleration, The Race to Retail Resilience. Tell us all about it. It's What's going on? What should we it's know? It's a
1: mouthful, yeah. Wow. It's big, got big... the
0: best. We love it because of all the alliteration that you have in that title. It was yep. meant for the Omni Talk podcast.
1: It, I actually created it for that. And believe it or not, <laughs> your your names are actually in the acknowledgement that so you can't really see this because we're on a podcast, but your names are actually in the acknowledgement because you have inspired me and and are a part of the book in, in, in several ways. In January 2020, uh, I was in Asia. Uh, I chaired the ASEAN uh, Retail Summit there and was coming back to China, which was sort of this really uh, perfect storm, uh, I guess, or perfect opportunity, depending on how you want to see it. But I kind of felt just ahead of the tsunami uh, that I don't think we need to explain at this stage, right. but uh, but kept me very close to the business community there and just kind of gave me, I think, a bit of a, an edge when it came to having a better appreciation for what was to come. And then the word acceleration just kept on coming more and more. And, and uh, it was actually during Steve Dennis's, uh, who I know we've had on the show, yeah. um, uh, book launch that we were jamming with Scott Galloway and uh, and Scott brought to our acceleration. And I said, Scott, do you think as we look back, we might look back on this pandemic? And this is April 2020. So we're like, you know, not even two months really into the shock and awe of the whole thing maybe one of the positive things is we're going to look back on this as the great acceleration you know we've had the great depression we've had the great recession will this be the great acceleration because everybody's all the leaders the, the business leaders everybody was kept on coming back with the word acceleration because they had to uh really you know pull forward a lot of the initiatives that they were going to do you know a couple of years out a lot of the stuff that you and chris have been talking about for years as well and we all i guess a lot of us have around some of the 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 urgency for change was was really created and and that's what the great acceleration basically is meant to chronicle.
0: Well, I love that title. It it kind of inspires hope in the midst of everything that's going on. It's like finding the silver lining and exactly. what has been a crazy year for the for everybody. Um, so I'm excited to read that and we'll put links in the show notes to uh, where to find that book as well. Um, the future is looking bright with uh, with a great acceleration, Carl, and it's bright here at AmiTalk. So bright. Oh in fact, we've got to wear shades. Uh, we have a new sponsor for the month of June, and that is Bright Sign. Uh, BrightSign is the global market leader in digital signage experiences for retail. They can plug and play with any tech voice gesture control. There's really no limit, and it can all be easily managed through BrightSign's control cloud system. It works with nearly every CMS out there, and with one keystroke, you can pivot out of almost any CMS system on the fly. As a former producer and product owner, the thing that I find most impressive about BrightSign is that they will proof of concept anything that's anything for you at no charge. They have scale, they are built out, and they aren't afraid to eat what they cook, which is total omnitalk style. So to learn more, you can visit brightsign.biz. Again, we'll put that link, uh, as well as a link to Carl's book in the show notes, or you can hit up Bob Radcliffe in one of his many comments on our OmniTalk posts on LinkedIn. (laughs) All right, Carl, are you ready to get to the headlines? Let's do it. All right, in today's Fast Five, we are going to talk Walmart and GNC buddying up, Quick Lots, opening America's largest liquidation center. Instagram, helping creators make real money from their reels. PacSun and Roblox, reinventing the living world as we know it. And now we're going to take off with our first headline. Walmart this week announced that they are going to be offering zero-cost prescriptions as a new added perk for Walmart Plus members. The program they're dubbing Walmart Plus RX for Less allows members to use the discount instead of health insurance at more than 4,000 Walmart pharmacies. In true Amazon style, a day after the news, Amazon announced a new benefit for Prime members offering comparable drugs for $1 per month with a six-month order. Now, Carl, I got to give some credit to Walmart. This is a big move. I mean, this could, the prescription drugs, even with their previous Walmart's $4 uh, per, for, per, per prescription charge that they had before, like this is, that's a significant savings, cutting that back to zero. But do you think this is enough? Should they be like, what, what are your thoughts on this whole Walmart plus uh, concept? Are you, are you mm-hmm. jumping in and subscribing, Carl?
1: Well, first thing, I'm, I'm going to hit them up for some royalty fees, because I'm pretty sure they got the name from my Studio RX. Uh, uh, he,
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> so I'm like, I'm, I'm going to send a little note to Doug and say, listen, buddy, you know, like, be a little more original. We uh, should sit down.
0: We should have yeah, a talk. Yeah, we, yeah.
1: We, need, we need to talk. Uh well, am I, am I going to subscribe? No, because I'm in Canada and we don't have that rate. Right. <laughs> that's a great the, point. But, but I am very much familiar and very bullish on anything to do with um, healthcare integrating more with uh, any mass merchant retail, because I think it's just building out the pipe of stuff. And if it's a dollar saving, $2 saving for, I mean, it, it, it signals an interest that I think is fascinating one that we've seen here, you know, coming back to Canada, where our two largest grocery chains in the world bought, in the country, sorry, bought the two largest pharmacy chains uh, in probably mm-hmm. the last five years, because we know there is this really great data integration between between health and consumption, and especially grocery, but also just across the board. So the service, the way that they're gonna need to keep on doubling down and what what I find a bit surprising, from Walmart is how, you know, they haven't leveraged more of their physical footprint to sort of back this all up because that's the big advantage they have. They have pharmacies in, and I don't right. know what the I think almost all of their, at least their super centers for sure, but right. more and more of all, you know, they're building. So they have an amazing network and you know, how that gets leveraged into a subscription. I'm a huge fan of subscription. Uh, I think that's, that's more for the data again than, than anything else. So yeah, I'm 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 buying into it. I think it's a great uh, a great service for all sorts of reasons, but uh, primarily for for, for Walmart's uh, capability to, to to better measure and and anticipate and and prescribe. Uh, plan
0: intended. Well, my question for you too, that, you know, I was trying to think of like, if I was Walmart, what else would I be trying to add? This is a huge benefit for sure. But I still think that if you're going up against the the prime membership with this Walmart plus program, like mm-hmm. for me, I, there still isn't enough there to, to warrant maybe having both or, or to completely switch over to Walmart plus. But I mean, I guess I think about like, you know, with this MGM deal, like is Walmart going to go into the entertainment space? Like, what would you think of to add to that, Carl, to like bolster this Walmart Plus membership even more?
1: Yeah, I, I, I would still stick in closer to the healthcare because first okay. of all, Walmart's cost of money is a lot higher than than Amazon. So to go and start throwing money at, at, at these these uh, unprofitable entertainment businesses, they're they're good for. Uh, building relationship and all that's great, but I think there's still so much that can be done on the healthcare side. Uh, there's there's a lot of opportunities to strengthen that that relationship. I'd be buy, buying into telemedicine <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> if, I, if I was. Right. Um, uh, that's where I would go. Like like let's let's let you know. let And and Walmart has traditionally been very good at clarity. It's you know sticking to doing what they know and doing well and and bringing the proper amount of focus to the it work versus. All over the place and say, well, one week we're going to be in entertainment, next week we're going to go into space. I mean, I don't see I, I don't see Doug getting on a rocket ship. So I mean, that's no. the, um, so that's that's the focus. I mean, that's what you know traditionally has made retail successful. I don't think you want to be copying the Amazon playbook on this one. I think you want to be really going deep uh, and, and in a space that has still so much to offer. And I think going this these these steps in the healthcare direction are are really interesting. The clinics they're opening and all this stuff. So
0: I think that's the most brilliant point you bring up, Carl, is just leveraging the stores and what you can still do with, you know, over four thousand locations across the country, especially you know the online, offline, you know telehealth and clinic setup that they have, and when you think about the communities that Walmart serves, like that's a huge convenience. If they're really trying to be like Janie Whiteside says, this ultimate life hack for their consumers, yeah. you know that is an area where I think it makes sense, like you said, to continue to press on.
1: Well, and, and just think if if they connect to telemedicine, so they they have my prescription, they can connect. So I'm you know something's not feeling right. Uh, I got this, this rash that I'm not too sure. Jump on the app, get a first diagnosis, you know, and then <laughs> in maybe nine times out of 10, it stops there. But one the one out of the 10, they're like, no, we need to see you. Well, guess what's close. Can what's going to be closer to me? What, you know, the, the, uh, my, my family clinic or a Walmart chances are Walmart exactly. be closer to me. So if I can pop over, I mean, we're, 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 we're pushing things forward. I don't know if we're ready to have doctors in Walmart yet, yeah, but I mean, it's yeah. along well- the-, or the Walmart clinic,
0: right? Exactly. Or have my products waiting for me, my prescriptions or my accompanying products that the the over-the-counter products that we're talking about in that, you know, to heal your rash, Carl, that we've talked about on this yeah, podcast keep now. We'll, keep, we'll move we'll move on. We'll move on from that discussion. But Neither here great, nor there. Great points there. Um, well, we're gonna stay on the subject of Walmart for headline number two. We had to get this story in here too. Walmart has entered an exclusive partnership with GNC. So speaking of that uh, health and wellness category, um, according to Supermarket News, starting this month, Walmart will begin selling a curated assortment of GNC's daily vitamins and supplements in over 4,000 Walmart stores and on walmart.com. They will be adding their sports nutrition and weight management products down the road. Um, and one other important point uh, that they noted in the article was that GNC previously had an exclusive partnership with Rite Aid that started back in 1998. Now, Carl, we do this thing on the show where uh, A&M, Consumer and Retail Group, they like to throw in what they call a put you on the spot question. So as our wonderful, wonderful guest host today, I'm going to what put at? you on the spot. Oh. Yes, Carl, you. Um, A&M, Consumer and Retail Group, want to know. Based on the story we just talked about, mm-hmm. GNC, Walmart, seems like a great move. Um, GNC gets to go into a mass channel. Walmart gets to capitalize on the great health and wellness brand. Mm-hmm. What else should GNC be doing to continue to build brand equity at the top of the pyramid with the serious health and wellness customer? You know, I think we just talked about it. Subscription
1: right why isn't this i mean this is a recurring product if there is one i mean if you're taking so if you're taking vitamins chances are you're not saying well i'll take some one week and i won't take any you know for a couple of weeks and starting i mean no it's, it's probably as recurring a purchase as milk and, and milk and bread and eggs right So why isn't why so there's there's something for their high and, and do they want to jump in on with, with walmart that's maybe a place to do it um, so that's that's where I would go, is how do they build a subscription model? and And we know that the the market loves subscription models too. they'll they'll be they'll be well rewarded for that. but um yeah, that's that's the first point. I think what's more interesting about this story, I think what they also pointed out is GNC's um, interest in physical retail. Like they recognize right. the footprint is a huge value. Uh, having seen deals like this done in the past, my background, my real true retail background, is doing store in store with Costco. So I know right. the value of brands trying to be in physical spaces and with distribution and and and, and traffic like they have. So I think it's great. Uh, it shows also how credible Walmart is becoming in this space for them to walk away from what is it like almost a thirty a thirty year re- relationship with Rite Aid. Right. I mean, that's you don't. Just, I mean, maybe yeah. it makes it easier to walk away because it has been thirty years. Like, okay, I think we've pretty much done everything <laughs> we can with this one, and and time to try something new. But at the same time, I mean, it just really shows that Walmart's a serious contender in this space now, and that uh, a brand like GNC that is you know well regarded and incredible, uh, Walmart's going to benefit from this as much as GNC
0: will. I totally agree, Carl. I mean, I I immediately thought of you know Alta in this case. Like Alta is doing this exact same thing with Target Target. because of Uh the repeat purchases make up another a big repeat purchase. And so I think that it it makes sense that you would explore this as an option. And yes, it might be you know reimagining GNC's business play. But I think that when you when you start to go break it down and you see, okay, they went through bankruptcy and they're coming out of bankruptcy. Now they're trying to figure out what the best strategy is going forward. And and being in four thousand Walmart locations is no small feat. They're already selling on Walmart.com. You know they're already have a presence there and have started yeah. to build a relationship. I think that bringing them into the physical store is just a natural extension of this. And for That's me, right. you know, it, it really brings up this idea of like, what is the department store anymore? And <laughs> how, and these these big box retailers are kind of becoming these one stop shops um, to be that you know physical equivalent of what the marketplaces are online. And so. I think we're going to continue to see more of this. Um, you know, as far as AM's question of how do they go after that more serious consumer, I still think there's some opportunities, you know, just being a gym owner myself and participant, like, I still think there's opportunities for GNC to kind of rebrand with a different audience, especially this, this millennial female who. I think is not in their wheelhouse and I know that they've been trying to go after for a while. Like I don't when I think of GNC, I'm not thinking of that's the spot where I'm going for my vitamins and supplements. I'm reminded of like the GNC bodybuilder days of old. So I think yeah. that there's there's a lot of rebranding and, and work there to reach that audience not- and and Walmart partnership could be the exact way to do that.
1: So the next one might be Lululemon then. It's a GNT Lululemon partnership, could be. We-
0: You know, I I think that's a great point. I I had that in my notes too, Carl. I was thinking like, you got to find some strategic partnerships here and Athleta or Lululemon might not be a bad spot to start to look at um, as another extension of this kind of shop and shop concept.
1: If you're leading GNC right now, you can't screw this up. Like you need to, like you got to seize the moment. There's a big opportunity. And if you don't make it in this environment where, you know, spending is up, health consciousness is up, all these things, like it's time to like to really make it work, because if not, I don't, I don't think you'll get another kick at this can.
0: Right, one hundred percent, Carl. I agree. Well, let's move on to headline number three. Uh, So, Northwest Mall in Hearst, Texas, Carl, your My favorite, favorite mall by the way. I love, I,
1: I love that mall. Like I go every other weekend.
0: <laughs> well, you'll be happy to hear then that they have a new anchor tenant. And their new anchor tenant is Quick Lots Liquidations. Quick Lots is opening what they are calling America's largest one-of-a-kind shopping experience, uh, where they'll carry 50,000-plus electronics, housewares, clothes, furniture, crafts items per day in a bin shopping experience. Now, that sounds... Pretty exciting, hey. but there is also a digital component. So they're also connected with Win, which is an online flash auction site where uh, they're going to be allowing the winning bidders to pick up the items in-store or the products will be shipped from-store, which I think is a pretty compelling component here. Carl, what what's your take?
1: I love it.
0: Whoa! What do you love? Tell me, is it the bins that got you or what?
1: Yeah. You, you just throw the word bin into anything, you know, in French, that means beans. So that's, that's maybe, um, <laughs> maybe has something to do with it. No, I, uh, I, I, I think it's a space that really uh, doesn't get the attention it deserves. I think it's as we're coming into this K-shaped recovery where, you know, the, 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 the you're going things are just going to extremes and you see are going to be extreme luxury or extreme price driven convenience. Right, uh, And I find, you know, the extreme luxury is done pretty well. I think people know how to, you know, brands out there, we have, we, we know, they know how to do that. The extreme driven price convenience factor, I think there's still a lot of work, especially in digital. And, and the fact that they're doing the flash sales stuff, I think is brilliant. I think so. That's why I, the reason I love this story is it sounds like it's either a consolidating you know, big was 150,000 square feet or I yep. mean, it's massive, right? Yeah. So I mean, a massive
0: be, anchor store. Yep.
1: So it's going to be a big destination. I mean, it's almost going to be one of the Costco, the big thing with the treasure hunt, right? That was right. that was the only, pretty much the only merchandising strategy they had was to try to create the treasure hunt. And this is what, this is like the ultimate treasure hunt. When you go in more so than the TJ, the TJ Maxx and TJXs of the world, because those are, you know, they're now pretty predictable what that hunt is going to look like, where you go into an environment like this and you get the flash sale thing and the digital, like the fear of missing out. I mean, it's, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah. I mean, we saw something, we saw Amazon a few months ago doing something similar to this with their returns in a mall location. And I think, you know, when you think about these giant spaces, I don't know who else is going into those anchor tenant, even if they break up the, the floors. I mean, we've talked about warehousing happening in those, but I mean, I think that this, you're right. This is a draw for people that still gets them to come to a physical store. And I had the same questions too, Carl, where, you know, are we going to start to see some of the larger players in the space Space, the TJXs, the Home Goods, the Marshalls—like, will they start to? Will this start to push them um, more towards the digital space, or doing some kind of, of more omni-channel experience for for that uh, off-price sector?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think what's they're—you know—they've resisted it for the simple reason that they didn't feel they had to. So far, I think they right. they've also almost made it a feature not a buck, yeah, right? yeah people they like made, coming
0: in they're gonna yeah. keep coming in yep
1: and and it and it's messy in terms of because the, the the this the stocking is not it's not it's not Meant for online and
0: right, and I think as you think about how things are going to progress, and you know RFID tagging into products and making the the conversion of these products to go online simpler when they arrive in that big truck, that lot, um, that this has got to be something that will push those those retailers forward. At least, at least I hope we're going to move into our next headline, uh which is Instagram. They announced this week that they're testing a native affiliate tool that will let Uh, creators not influencers carl we don't call them influencers anymore they're only called creators it allows creators to discover new products available on checkout and then share them with their followers earning commissions for all the purchases that they drive and this all happens without leaving the instagram app carl for me this is just solidifying the fact that the creator i will use that name is now the retailer Uh, of digital and physical goods, of their own goods, the list goes on. Um, I think this is a, a huge win for both the brands that are working with these creators and for the influencers themselves, brands get to see how much revenue these people are actually bringing into yeah. them. Um, they can monetize that in a way that they they likely haven't been able to, even with all the tools that are available out there. And influencers are finally able to get paid right away from the work that they're doing with these brands and make their own decisions about who they're going to work with.
1: Yeah, you know, I was mentioning earlier that I was in China in early 2020, and we always look at how they've nailed this space. They've had it right from the beginning because they've yes. been able to consolidate everything into Tmall and, or, in, or, or, and then there, all the attribution is super, you know, really clearly defined to the point where the, um, the largest influencer or as they call them KOLs out there. Like,
0: uh, what does KOL stand for?
1: So it's a key opinion leader or something like that, oh, but sure. that's, that, that's what they call They're called KOLs. That's the Asian, um, uh, definition of it, and the, the number one KOL in China this, uh, for 2020, she sold for more than all Carrefour sold for in China, and Carrefour is the largest non-Chinese retailer. Carrefour is, a, right. is like Walmart for Europe. Right. And, and so she did. Uh, she did close to. If I remember, I'm ever gonna get my my numbers right, but I want to say she did over 50 uh, billion dollars USD in transactions as an influencer. Because the system is optimized for that. And that's right. what we're lacking. And that's what Instagram is trying to do, especially right now. I think there's, you know, this is another acceleration uh, is uh, with the, the cookie apocalypse about coming around us. We're all looking for real, uh, the, the the brands are looking for ways that they're going to be able to connect directly with consumers and 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 keep that attribution chain going. And we're going to need things like that because we're desperately lacking that right now. In North America and Europe, because we don't have these platforms that allow us to connect the dots properly. Right. You know, our social media platforms are really lousy at transaction. Uh, our transactional platforms are really lousy at content. Uh, and and, and we, we haven't been able to connect. And then the only thing they both do sort of okay is payment, because payment sort of now the easy part of the whole thing. It used to be the hardest part. Uh, so now they've got payments figured out. They just need to figure out how to connect transaction and content together, which Google hasn't been able to do it. Facebook hasn't been able to do it. Shopify hasn't been able to do it. And even Amazon.
0: You bring up another really good point, Carl, and that's that Amazon has been doing this for years. They've had affiliate programs where they've tried to do live streaming, but I think that that's what we're going to have to watch really closely. We are still way behind um, the, the
1: well, content- we, we We have the... But- we have the QVC, or it's either QVC or it's or it's Walmart. It's not QVC and Walmart. You know, mm-hmm. like we haven't been able to pull those two worlds together yet.
0: It could be because we're not in the right living world, Carl, for that kind mm. of thing to take place yet. Uh, do you know what a living world is? Because I'm about to tell you. Go ahead. In headline number five, Pack Sun is partnering with Roblox and video game maker Mellon to create integrated gaming experience experiences sorry including a line of digital clothing items so players go to the roblox avatar marketplace and use robux the currency on roblox Mm -hmm. to customize their avatars with packs on branded clothing and fashion accessories now let me be clear again this is not tangible apparel this is digital only apparel for your avatars in what they call living world themes, which I had to Google, and let me tell you, the results were very, very scary. Uh, so paxson is also collaborating on a creative theme for one of these living worlds within Roblox that they'll debut this summer. Now, living what living world are we living in? I'm not quite sure. My Google search didn't return many results, but from what I understand, the living world is the the scene or what's happening in the Roblox game. Carl, do you know what the hell's going on here?
1: If I did, you think I'd be here?
0: <laughs> are your kids, are your kids big Roblox fans? Like, do they no, know? They're,
1: they're, they're, no, we didn't, uh, they're, they're familiar with it, but they did go through the whole Fortnite and all that phase. Right. And I was, and I was, you know, my only moment of interest in Fortnite is when I heard that Travis Scott was doing this oh, show yeah. and, and I was fascinated by that. And since then been wondering why more brands aren't capitalizing on those types of opportunities. And and this story, I mean, I think is is showing us that brands are starting to understand this more. I remember Gucci also did something recently, I think mm-hmm. with Fortnite, if I'm not mistaken. Um, you know, the whole metaverse thing is is, you know, we're blending physical and digital more and more. That's that's my part of my narrative. That's but when I when I talk about race to resilience, I'm talking about running to a world where, you know, head first towards a world that's gonna be 50-50. Uh right. and and the everything that that complements and and is this notion of um digital layer around us. So now you're seeing what Roblox is doing with Paxson is, is very, hundred percent virtual. So why wouldn't the brands want to capitalize on that? I could totally, totally see it, but I think the idea is really where we're going with this. And, uh, and so not one of your top five stories, which I'm kind of surprised on is, is, is the Yeezy puffer, but I was oh, wondering. Don't worry.
0: We've got coming? it in here, Carl. It's uh, coming. Well, it's coming. Uh, okay.
1: Yeah. Well, I'll let it come, but I, I'll just say that I, I was almost thinking that thing should almost be more virtual and physical. I think people are just going to want to buy it the time to try and take a selfie in it to show that they're one of the fruit again. And the next thing you'll know it'll be on Depop uh for going to somebody else's house. Because once you have the picture of you in it, you're probably not gonna wear it again. So why doesn't virtual uh, take care of that for us? And I think there's no denying that. The brands that are already trying to better understand the opportunity here are, are are going to benefit from that.
0: I think that that Yeezy point, the puffer jacket, that's such a great point. I mean, why not why not launch all of this collection virtually and physically? I mean, it it makes total sense. You can still cap the number of of, of releases that you have. I mean, what I was thinking when I heard this story was, you know, talk about the race to resilience. We we have retailers who are just getting caught up on having. Got- online, on like full e-commerce fulfillment for the first time in the last year. And now, in addition to that, they're going to try to have to start figuring out how to sell digital products yeah, and well, physical the, products. I the mean, logistics that's are massive.
1: A bit e- the logistics are a bit easier of shipping a virtual jacket into a virtual game. The, the, the supply chain is a, lo- a little, a little sim- more straightforward, but the, the, mindset, the mindset not to be laughed out of the room at the board meeting when you bring this idea... That's that's where the real struggle is happening. Not not with the quarters. Fair, coders and, fair and, point. And so that's that's why I'm saying. Uh, I don't know for Paxton how 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 interesting this is going to turn out to be, but at least gets them. Thinking about
0: it, my kids are already uh, the Gen Beta generation is totally into this, and they're probably already jailbreaking my phone to buy their packs on Roblox gear. So we we will close it up with that, so I can get on and make sure that all my passwords have been changed within the last 24 hours. You know, if you have
1: kids that know how to jailbreak your phone, they're going to be just fine in life.
0: That's good. That's right. I know. It's like, what, what do you come down on them for? Like way to go good, oppor- good way to find the opportunity and problem solve, but <laughs> bad for everybody's pocketbooks. Well, that wraps us up. Uh, Carl, we close here with some rapid fire questions. As you alluded to earlier, uh, Yeezy puffer jacket. Yes or no? No, no. Why not?
1: You know what? You know what I thought about the, the, the that puffer would actually help me connect the dots why Gap was going to sell bedding in the Walmart because I kind of thought as a pillow that I can maybe put my head on and sleep <laughs> in my bed. Same time, your the hopes
0: hopes were too high for that one, Carl. Um, <laughs> moving on, Lululemon anticipates that Mirror will drive between $250 dollars in revenue this year. Do you want the over or the under?
1: Over, I think it's brilliant. Actually, I I use this case. I teach uh, an executive institute here at McGill. And I use this in my marketing courses as a brilliant example of an organization that's really stepping into the future. And uh, and there's just so many different ways that they can unlock value with this. It's crazy. So
0: I'm going to say under for this one, Carl, um, not because I don't think it brings a lot of promise, but I think that this year in particular is not the year that I would project that high of revenue uh, with people going back into the world. Next year, however, I would dive in with you. Our friend Steve Dennis said that you coined the title for your new book, The Great acceleration in a conversation on his show. OmniTalk listeners want to know, Carl Boutet, when can we expect your next book Instamart? That's Instacart with an M, which you famously coined on your last Fast Five guest spot.
1: Wow, that's that's a good question. Wow, yeah, I, I, I think my next book is actually more on emerging markets, but maybe now you got me thinking because <laughs> I, I did. I think I seem to have a, a tendency of getting these quotes out on, on on podcasts like these, so I probably owe you a book. So I have to think about. And I, I still truly believe that's going to happen anyway. So maybe let's let's track the data a bit longer and then we'll, we'll, we'll see when the book is ready to say, Haha, I told you so.
0: For those people who are listening who want to get in touch with you or want to get a copy of The Great Acceleration, how can they do that?
1: So I'm pretty easy to find on LinkedIn, as you know. The book is not widely available. It's only available on my website, which is studiorx.world or studiorx.ca. Uh, for the simple reason is I I want to engage and I want to know who you are. Uh, I could sell probably more books if I didn't, but that's not the purpose of this. I want to make sure that we we maintain a good relationship. So the book is twelve ninety nine, but it comes with three months of a subscription because I mentioned I'm a fan of subscription, which we're basically we're going to keep tracking the data that's in the book. We're going to keep having the interviews, including you'll be, you'll be on this and your name's already in the book, so your 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 your, your turn is coming. Um, so we continue doing the interviews, like you see seen that we find in the, the book. Track out the data around the, the race to fifty-fifty, because that's really what the subscription is going to be—is helping uh, leaders sort of navigate the waters towards this fifty-fifty world. So that's studioRX.ca, studioRX.world, or just come find me. I'm not that hard to, I'm not that hard to
0: reach. Carl, thanks for being our guest today. And we're going to wish a happy birthday today to Devin Hayes and Michelle Foley, two Instagram stars who you've likely never heard of, but who will be very, very rich with Instagram's new affiliate program. And remember, if you can only read or listen to one retail blog in the business, make it OmniTalk. Our Fast Five podcast is the quickest, fastest rundown of all the week's top news. And our twice-weekly e-newsletter lets you know the top five things you need to know each day and also features special content exclusive to us and just. For you, all within the preview pane of your inbox. You can sign up today at omnitalk.blog. Thanks as always for listening in. Please remember to like and leave us a review wherever you happen to listen to your podcasts or on YouTube. And of course, be careful out there. The Omnitalk Fast Five is brought to you with the help and support of the AM Consumer and Retail Group. The AM Consumer and Retail Group is a management consulting firm that tackles the most complex challenges and advances its clients, people, and communities toward their maximum potential. CRG brings the experience, tools, and operator-like pragmatism to help retailers and consumer products companies be on the right side of disruption. And Takeoff. Takeoff is transforming grocery by empowering grocers to thrive online. The key is micro-fulfillment, small robotic fulfillment centers that can be leveraged at a hyper-local scale. Takeoff also offers a robust software suite so grocers can seamlessly integrate the robotic solution into their existing businesses. To learn more, visit takeoff.com. And finally, BrightSign. BrightSign is the global market leader in digital signage experiences for retail, offering the most affordable total cost ownership platform in the industry. BrightSign media players are the most respected and most reliable digital signage hardware on the planet partners with all the leading content management software providers specializing in the retail market. BrightSign also offers free cloud connectivity for remote monitoring and management of player networks. To learn more, visit brightsign.biz.